man, this ain't Monday Night Football. This is the Ring Scoop Podcast. Let's get with it. Hey, what's up, wrestling fans? This is the Ring Scoops Podcast. Another episode coming at you. The webmaster Wade Needham with Macaval. And uh, later on in the podcast, you're going to hear from Kat and Theo and from Jeffy, who scratched my CD. But uh, anyway, that's another story for another time. Uh, this coming weekend on Saturday, we've got WWE SummerSlam, or as Jeremy Piven would call it, Summerfest. And uh, Mac, it's uh, it's been a hot summer, man. You and I were talking about that a little while ago, and uh, the hottest event of the summer, SummerSlam, coming up, man. Are you jazzed for it? Yeah, I'm very um, excited about SummerSlam. It'll be very weird seeing uh, a pay-per-view of this magnitude on a Saturday. Yeah. So, so it's just kind of like the old school, like, you know, and I'm sure a lot of wrestling fans, like they've gone to like uh, local shows. I remember when I was younger, the uh, WCW came out here to the fairgrounds. And uh, this is when I think Bischoff first took over. Okay. Um, so uh, it was like, I saw Macho Man, I saw Ric Flair, I saw Harlem Heat, I saw um, the American Males. And all that was on like a Saturday night. So it was like a big event for me as a kid, but it was on a Saturday night. So it kind of has those type of vibes. Even better as a kid too, being on a Saturday, because you could sleep in the next morning instead of having to go to bed early that night and go to school on Monday and stuff. Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh man. I, I, I love that stuff. I, I, I think I, the first show I ever went to, it was back in 1990. It was in San Bernardino. It was a, wwf house show my uncle george took my brother ryan and i and uh i think that was on a saturday because we we were out pretty late stayed up that was a great night man i think the main event that night was uh the million dollar man versus the big boss man and that was a, a hell of a match oh wow yeah, yeah. i think the main there, there was because i think it was two nights i think it was friday and saturday and my oh, mom yeah. got me tickets for both me and my grandfather and my grandmother. Um, so I think the first night, oh man, I'm trying to remember because it was an action packed card. Like Bader was on the card. Ooh, wow. Uh, yeah. Um, it was like they, they brought everybody. Um, Mr. Wonderful. Oh man. Yes. Paul Orndorff. Yeah. So um, it, it just was was absolutely, absolutely great. You know, I, I'm I'm guilty of this myself plenty of times, but I think uh, us wrestling fans, especially as we get older, uh, you know, we forget the magic of professional wrestling a lot. Um, there's kids out there that are watching right now that feel the magic that we felt when we were kids and we forget about that. We get, I think we become a little too crucial about a lot of things and you know, we're not the target audience. These kids, the teenagers, the younger people, they are the target audience. We, we, we can get stuck in our own ways. Um, you know, and I, sometimes, you know, I like to go back and watch, some of the older stuff or, or like what we're doing right now, reminiscing about the past, because it kind of brings that magic back a little bit. It's almost like the story of Peter Pan, you know, like wrestling fans, like we, we, we need to 
still remember the magic in our childhood and and the wonderment of professional wrestling that you know if it escapes us too much we're just going to lose our passion completely for it wouldn't you right. wouldn't you agree yeah because the thing is is that what's what's disappointing about the wrestling fan now is that i don't really think people are enjoying it like they were when we were younger yeah i don't i don't think because when we were younger it was it was really about the whole package. It was really like Vince McMahon came up with a formula that was great, which was build, 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 and then you get the payoff at the pay-per-view. And I, I think that the business model is very, very different now based off of the fact that um, we don't really put emphasis on pay-per-view anymore. Like it's not a need to make the pay-per-view great anymore because it's on the WWE Network. Mm-hmm. Obviously, from a live gate perspective, yes. But back then, it was like, how do you get somebody to buy, you know, WWF No Mercy, you know, an uh, October pay-per-view? Like, well, how would you get somebody to buy something like that just out of the blue um, and pay um, what was $39.95 for it? Um, and and continuously pay thirty nine ninety five for these pay per views every single month. So I think the booking was a little bit more tighter because they needed to focus on um, having good pay per view buy rates. But now it's just you know it, you can have these great matches given away for free on TV, and that's kind of the business model. That's AEW's business model. That's a WWE's business model in some regard. I think the the main game is um, being able to have all of these things that are taking place uh, on TV drive, you know, fan and fans and viewership because it's about that sponsorship dollar at this point. Yeah. I, you know, the, I think the best way that I could think about um, uh, what you're saying here is kind of like the industry of, um, uh, MMOs, massive multiplayer video games, right? Back in the day, it was subscription based. You pay your 15, 20, $10 a month and you got to play the game. Well, about roughly about 10 years ago, a lot of business models started changing to the free to play uh, model and where anybody in the world could play, but you had limitations with the free version of it. Uh, you'd have level caps, certain weapons or armor or items in the game you could not obtain with a free account. But mm-hmm. if you were paying a monthly subscription, you had no level cap. You could go everywhere in the game. You can get every item in the game if you were able to choose so. Or if you were on the free one, you could do microtransactions to get those items. And I think wrestling in a way is is similar to that like how you were saying where you get a lot of these great matches for free on television or you can see highlights of them on YouTube, but you have a certain cap on the free market. But if you were paying a subscription every month, say to like Peacock for the WWE network, you have the entire video catalog to go at. You can watch all the pay-per-views that are live and within that subscription you don't have to wait the next day to get a clip or two. You can watch it right then and there live. You can do all these different things. And I think it's parallel to how the video game 
industry changed with MMORPGs from 10 years ago? Yeah. Yeah. I think that if we're, if we're going to be honest, the WWE network is really ahead of its time. I don't think people understand how good the WWE WWE network is. I don't think people can grasp how good it is. Mm -hmm. So that that's, if, if we had this, like, let's say during the time where all of these popular indie promotions were, were popping, like PWG, uh, Ring of Honor, um, XPW even, uh, they, you know, WWE is really kind of getting these older libraries of these independent shows and putting it on their, on their network. I think that Vince would have really looked into purchasing maybe a Ring of Honor because I think Ring of Honor was for sale, what, like a decade or so ago? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, so um, multiple, multiple things. And, and this is a little, I mean, I've told you this story before years ago, but a little known fact, and this is a very, very little known fact about me. Um, I tried to get Ring of Honor their first television deal. Um, I was working with um, a very well-known um, African-American television producer. Um, he owns this company called Mindseed. I don't know if he's alive or not. Um, his name is Edwin. And uh, he had relationships with um, major networks and smaller networks. So we put together like a press kit, an electronic press kit. And the thing is, it's funny, is, is, is Mr. Edwin was so, um, I guess, used to dealing with millionaires and billionaires that he thought that I owned Ring of Honor. Oh, wow. Yeah, because I was able to get the um, information from them. They sent me some DVDs. They sent me some, like, a, a, a write-up or something like that. I couldn't tell you who I was writing with, uh, writing with who I was working with. This was a long time ago, but I told them that, and they were very whoever my contact was in Ring of Honor was very, very, um, very, very nice man. Um, I think he had some connections to RF Video at the time. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So because I, I was uh, good friends with um, before all of the allegations came out with uh, I think his name was. Um, Oh, whoever owned RF video. Rob Feinstein. A, Rob Feinstein. I know he had a partner named Doug, and Doug had unfortunately passed away. Mm. So that's who I was prim primarily talking to was Doug. And uh, yeah, so obviously didn't go anywhere because he found out I didn't own it. And there was no answer from the network after that. But um, it's me and my homeboy Kevin tried to do this. This was like we were teenagers. We didn't know what the hell we were doing. We just, <laughs> I just had a connection. I met him through... Um, somebody else that was in entertainment and um i gave him this information and you know it never went anywhere but that's a very very small fact of of mine that i used i, I did that many many years ago many many years ago i think i just graduated from high school wow that's 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 uh that's fascinating man yeah it's it's funny thinking back the 20 years that you and i have known each other in the 20 years that, that we've both been doing what we do a lot of the experiences and contacts and people that we've talked to and met with and stuff that we both have done individually, let alone together. I mean, it's, it's amazing. 
Yes. People don't people don't know. I mean, um we've been doing this for a very, very long time. We've been doing uh radio shows for a long time. You know, we we interviewed Wade has interviewed way more people than me, but like I think you've interviewed didn't you interview Punk at one time? Yeah, when he was still working with TNA. Yeah, you interviewed Punk, you interviewed Steiner. Which that, that interview is 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 up on uh on the on the podcast feed here, wherever you guys are listening to the Ring Scoops podcast, just scroll through. We got the two thousand three interview with Punk up on there and everything. Yeah. You know, I, I like to I like the way I like to put it is we've been doing podcasts since before the iPod. Yeah, that's uh right. Before podcasting period was a thing. Yeah. Before yeah, there was uh feeds and everything. Right. And back yeah. in the day you had to have HTML to actually program stuff onto uh the website, which you know that's crazy. Remember Lycos Talk Radio and Fancast? Mm-hmm. Oh, those that, those now that was ahead of its time. Being able to have a control panel in front of you, have people call in to your show through their computers and have like a switchboard on there where they could put their name and what they wanted to talk about. You'd have it all there in front of you. You can have people on and talk with them. Like that was really ahead of its time. And it had rankings on the side. I remember um, we were always competing with other wrestling shows on there about being, I think like me and you used to trade off a number one and two for like several weeks. Yes. It was good time, man. Good time back then. Uh, that was such a, such a long, long time ago. But um, anyway, uh, let's jump back on track here with, uh, we got SummerSlam on Saturday. We've got prediction. We got 10 matches. And then, like I said earlier, we're going to hear from Kat, Jeff, and Theo as well. They've recorded some pre-recorded uh, predictions to put onto the show because unfortunately, uh, due to scheduling, they were not able to be on live with us right now with uh, with Mac and I, but Mac and I, we've got our 10 matches right here for SummerSlam. Hopefully nothing gets changed between now and then. We're recording this on Wednesday, August 18th. The time is 3.25 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Just a timestamp when we are recording this in case something happens. We've still got SmackDown on Friday. Um, so here's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to run down five matches, and then we're going to hear from Kat, Jeff, and Theo, and then Mac and I will finish up with the last remaining five matches on the card uh and the first match that we got right here for SummerSlam this saturday is eva marie with dewdrop in her corner going one-on-one with alexa bliss and mac you and i both well documented we we've already discussed our thoughts on alexa bliss but i want to ask you this what are your thoughts on how they are pushing Eva Marie and with her interactions with Dewdrop and everything. What do you, what, what's your thoughts on this gimmick? Um, I, I, um, I'm not really a fan of, I'm not really a fan of it. Um, I think the Dewdrop character, uh, I, I thought they were going, I mean, maybe they still go that direction, but I thought that they were um, going to go the direction of having, um, the the doll come alive so i think that she would have been a good actual person for the doll um do drop so 
I, you know, I, I don't, and I'm talking about the draw. I'm talking about Alexa Bliss's doll. So, I, I thought that you know, you, you understand what I'm saying. I hope I'm making sense. Um, yeah, yeah, kind of. So well, in other I'm words, a, I, I am a little confused, but so in other words, uh, Alexa Bliss has a doll. Yeah, right? Lily. Lily, yes. So I thought that they were going to have it where Lily comes alive, like you know, Chucky comes alive, right? Okay. So I thought that the character that is playing or the person that's playing Dewdrop, I thought that it would have been better to maybe have her not be with Eva Marie, but have her debut as Lily, the live action Lily. Okay. That's what I thought that they should have done because it would have been better in my, in my opinion, if they did something like that. Like from the get go? Yes. From the get go. Okay. Okay. That's where I was getting confused. I thought, I originally was thinking that you were going to have Lily become Dewdrop, but you're talking about from like before Dewdrop ever stepped foot on TV. Right. 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 I think that um, before she, because I don't, I don't know where they're going with this Dewdrop thing. Yeah. But I'm not, I'm not really, what do you think about the character Dewdrop and uh, this whole Eva Marie thing? Um, I, I didn't get it at first. I'm I'm kind of slowly coming around to understanding a little bit of what they're trying to do. Um, the, the whole thing with Eva Marie, it, I think is funny. It's a continuation of, you know, kind of what she was doing before she left a few years back where they would constantly tease her about doing a match. And then she'd somehow figure out a way to get out of it. Um, this time around the, uh, the vehicle for that is Dewdrop. Dewdrop fights her battles for her. Eva Marie claims the victory for herself as if she did it all by herself. Mm-hmm. Um, from that aspect, I think it's a it's a great heel character. I think Eva Marie is the perfect person for something like that because of the natural heat she gets anyway. Um, so it makes people want to hate her even more because you know ninety percent of the people out there don't think she has any ability at all. And it's great to have a character like this to just take all the credit for everything because you already want to strangle her anyway, right? Because it's just the arrogance. But now you add that to it. And then not only that, but from a visual standpoint too, and I'm not not fat shaming. I'm not cracking fat jokes. I'm I'm a fat guy myself. I mean, come on. But if you look at the comparison between Eva Marie and Dewdrop and you have somebody like Eva Marie doing what she's doing to somebody like Dewdrop, it makes you want to hate her even more. Because you feel for Dewdrop, because she really does kind of like fat shame her from time to time with certain snide remarks. And that's a big thing nowadays, too. And it's something that people can get behind. And it's something that they can attach to because people have been fat shamed. People have, you know, it's um, there was a movie that came out a a while back. It was called The Duff. And and Duff stands for. um, Let me try to remember. Uh. I can't remember exactly what it stands for. Um, it's, I think it's something ugly fat friend or something like that. Um, designated ugly fat friend. And oh, okay. it's kind of like, that's the story they're kind of telling where Dewdrop is Eva Marie's duff. And how many people in the world out there, male or female can relate to that? A lot right. of people. Right. Which is ironic because they're going up against Alexa Bliss, who her herself 
did that angle with Nia Jax years ago. Hmm. Well, see, the thing with the Nia Jax thing, I liked it better based off of the fact that she was using her um it was she was using her differently. Um I can't say that it's I can't say that it's the same, but I think maybe because Nia Jax had this thing about her that was more like regardless of how everybody feels about her, she can talk. She she's really good on the mic. And not only that, but when they had that storyline with her and Enzo, mm-hmm. I, that was really, really good. So I think she just pops off the screen more. And I think Alexa being who she is, it was just a perfect combination of the two. Oh, absolutely. But I know it's, it's early in the storyline, but it maybe it'll get better. But I, I don't know. That's just how I feel about it. Yeah. I think it should be interesting if Eva Marie actually does step into the ring to take on Alexa Bliss, see what kind of match that they're going to put on. Because, you know, a lot of people have been critical about Alexa Bliss's uh, in-ring skills as well. Um, you know, she doesn't put on the kind of matches that her peers in the women's division uh, has put on. Um, I don't think it, I don't think that's necessarily a reflection of her skills. I think it's more of a reflection of um, how protective she is in the ring. I mean, take a look at the Miz. The Miz is a guy that has been what injured maybe one or two times his whole career, but he puts on entertaining matches. He's a great character. He's good on the mic. He's a very safe worker. He doesn't have to go out there and and do stuff like a, like a Daniel Bryan would do and stuff like that. And Alexa Bliss doesn't have to go out there and do the same kind of stuff that Charlotte Flair and Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair does. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I just ultimately want to see where this goes. Um, but right now I'm not really a fan of this storyline. I'm, I'm not, not too, too fond of it. Well, who do you think is going to win the match? Um, I think that uh, Lexa bliss is going to win the match. Um, we have to figure out what we're going to do with this character. Um, they're going to pretty much boo her out of the building because Bray Wyatt is no longer part of the WWE. We've been seeing it a little bit, but we're going to really experience that in a full arena because people from all over the country are coming to this um, particular um, Las Vegas. They're coming to Las Vegas. They're coming to this event and they want to have fun. They want to have a good time. There's some people there in Vegas right now that that are just counting the days until SummerSlam comes. They're going to boo her out the building. So we have to figure out as a storyline, what are we going to do with her? Because this is not working. Like they tweaked her music. So it doesn't really have the vibe, like her original music kind of had the vibes of the, the original, you know, Bray Wyatt Playhouse. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they changed the graphics of her imagery. Like they've done a lot to try to shy away from it, but she still has on her, um, gloves what is it play and pain or something like that yeah. so it's so it's like it's a lot of stuff that they haven't taken fully away from her but they just have to figure out what they're going to do i'm with you on that uh alexa bliss is my uh my prediction to win this match as well um the next match we got is uh another singles match uh drew mcintyre versus jinder mahal uh veer and shanky are banned from ringside and I want to I want to take this moment just real quick, and I'm pretty sure that you'll remember this. But 
even before he returned, this was like, I think a week or so after WrestleMania, you and you and I were talking about what can they do for some summer plans? And I said, Drew McIntyre versus Jinder Mahal is going to take place at SummerSlam. And here we go. Drew McIntyre, yes, Jinder Mahal. Yes. Now I thought the title would be involved, but still this match has taken place. So um, I like, I like what they're doing. Uh, I've, I, I just wanted to see Jinder and Drew go at it. I, it should be interesting to see where they go from here. Um, I'm, I'm really hoping that Jinder Mahal wins this match. Uh, I think he needs the win more than drew um i've i'm one of the rare birds that was a big fan of jinder mahal's run as the wwe champion back in uh what was it 2017 uh, i thought he was a phenomenal champion um he, you know he did some good stuff he drew some good heat he had uh, a good series of challengers to run through um i don't like the way they you know rushed to end his title run or anything like that but you know i, I get i get the appeal of drew mcintyre but i don't want to see him anywhere near the title run and i think that the winner of this match should kind of be elevated to maybe go after the title pretty soon and what are your thoughts um i don't i don't know what they're going to do with the title picture but i think uh jinder mahal definitely needs his victory um, this storyline is, you know, I wish it was better. It's not, unfortunately, but I think they'll put on a pretty solid match because, you know, this is an opportunity to kind of prove themselves because they've been, they've been wanting this secretly for a long time. Yeah. Especially if there was a title involved, but you know what they, they kind of, they WWE screwed themselves with that one with how they booked Drew as the champion this last year. So if right. they wouldn't have uh, ruined them. You know, this could, could have been a title match, but oh, well. <laughs> so who do you think is going to win this match? Uh, I think gender needs to. It's just been too much momentum for, for Drew. Too much. Oh. Um, they need to. They're gonna, I'm sure they're going to continue this because they don't have nothing else really for Drew to do. So I think gender will win this. Okay. Uh, the next match that we got is a United States Championship match. Sheamus defends against Damian Priest. Your thoughts, Mac? Um, I think Sheamus is going to win this. I think this is this. Unfortunately, this SummerSlam is not a SummerSlam where you're ending a lot of feuds. A lot of these matches, the majority of them, is the start of it. So I, I think it will be a lot of heels that win because it's kind of the start of feuds, not the end. Um, so I think that um. Sheamus will still a victory and they'll continue the storyline. Okay. So you got Sheamus in this match, right? Um, I'm going to go the other way around. I think Damian priest is going to pick up uh, the, the win and the title here. Uh, I think Damian priest has a lot of momentum going for him. I think yeah, it, I like him. As, I like him a lot. I like him too. And he seems like he's like, like events kind of guy too. So, I mean, when you, when you add, those two things together where he's got fan appeal and Vince is behind him. This dude's going to be a huge star. Um, he's had a, a hell of a 2021 uh, having that WrestleMania moment with bad bunny uh, getting that push uh, fans are behind him. This is his opportunity to get a championship. 
I thought he was an entertaining uh, North American champion for the time that he was the champion uh, during his time at NXT. And uh, I think this is his time to shine getting the, the United States championship. And I don't think it's going to be over between these two. I think Damian will, will pick up the win and they may have another match or two down the road. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going with, uh, with Damian priest on, on this one here. Um, the next match that we've got is uh SmackDown tag team championship match. The Usos defending against Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio. And I think this is what, this is now the one year point that Dominic has been wrestling for the WWE. Cause he debuted what SummerSlam, right? Yes. Yes. And, um, I think Dominic has been doing pretty good this last year and he's been doing even better since the, the fans have returned. Yeah. Um, he, he starting to pick up his pacing a little bit. Um, I just want him to be more sure with his moves. Cause it's like, it's always a little hesitation before he goes move to move, but that's just with experience. It's like someone's learning to drive for the first time, you know, there's a little hesitancy. But as time goes on, like they're more relaxed on the road and it's kind of second nature. So I think that will happen over time. I just want them to like there was one time they had a backstage segment and Dominic was like, well, we got we beat them before. We have their number. We have this. We have that. And Ray was telling him, don't be cocky. Don't ever underestimate your opponent. I think we need more things like that to build him as a character. We need character development a little bit more for Dominic. I'm I'm with you on that, especially doing the under the learning tree kind of stuff, having those kind of segments. Well, I mean, not only will it enhance Dominic, but it also gives a new dimension to Ray Mysterio because as even as young as Ray looks without that mask, he is an old man now by wrestling standards. Mm-hmm. Um, not just from like a physical age standpoint too, but because he's been wrestling since he was so young. I mean, he's got more experience on there than a, a lot of people combined on the roster. And this is a new aspect of Ray now. This is Ray is there to teach his son to look after him to make sure that the Mysterio name is still good. And we need segments like that, like you had brought up. Um, I I like the pairing of the two as well. I think they complement each other very well. It's a great story to be told, father and son. Uh, and, and especially when they're feuding with the Usos because it's a whole family rivalry now. You got father and son going up against twin brothers. That's great stuff right there. And there's a lot of people that can relate to both sides. People watching this, you know, if they were kids, them and their, and their brother or, you know, sisters or brother and sister or any combination of siblings growing up, I'm sure everybody has their stories of, you know, wrestling around with each other. So you kind of get the idea of like what the Usos are going through. I know like me and my brother, Ryan, we were big wrestling fans growing up. We would wrestle with each other often. Um, We would talk shit on each other, you know, part of my language there, but we would cut promos on each other. We would just do that stuff. So like, I get that growing up, having a sibling, doing that stuff. Then there might be people out there that grew up with the father son combination or the mother daughter or mothers, you know, any of that you know, parent 
parent-child relationship, and they can relate to that as well. You combine that all together and you got something fun. You got something magical. Like we were talking about earlier, bringing that magic back into wrestling. It's stuff like this that I, I look at this kind of stuff and I, I realize like you got those components in there. And I think that's why these characters are popular, why people can attach themselves to it because they relate to it. And that's something very rare in wrestling nowadays is having that emotional investment in a character. Right. Right, because Ray had a great run with Seth Rollins. That whole storyline, the, the the Brock Lesnar storyline with Ray and Dominic, and then the Ray uh, and then the Ray and um, Seth Rollins storyline with Murphy. Um, well, not what you know, Murphy became like his daughter's boyfriend, <laughs> but like, but like you know, the eye for an eye match, which a lot of people laugh at. But it was good. It was creative. I, I yeah. liked it. But they had good run because there was a lot of character development. And Ray was always talking about his son. So now I want to see Dominic become more of a man. More of a man and more of an individual. I want to see his personality more. And I think we're going to see that. Um, especially with SummerSlam. His one year is, is up. So he's got a, a full year experience working for the company. Um, and I think, I think they might be building and call me crazy. Cause it's still so early to call this, but I think WrestleMania next year, I think is going to be Ray versus Dominic. Um, um, is, is he ready for it though? I don't know. Um, but one thing you have to factor into it too, is how long can Ray go? before he really has to hang it up which one is more important when ray can't go anymore or if dominic is ready for it i don't think dominic is ready yet um but i do think that they should start because remember dominic um really started getting involved when ray was on a losing streak and they were doing the whole he was doing the whole you know i'm gonna retire thing and then Dominic would come in and say, "No, no, no! Don't do it! Don't do it! We can do it! You're, you're, you're great! You're this! You're that!" So, um, I don't know how long Ray's contract is for because he just signed last year. Yeah. Uh, again, so I think he has a few more years left. I think Dominic, um, I think they should use Ray sparingly, maybe after SummerSlam, mm -hmm. and have Dominic go at it alone for a little bit. We need to see him in some single situation. Maybe the the Usos, um, and and maybe even Roman can get involved in this down the road too. Maybe they can do something where they seriously injure Ray, and Ray's out for a while. Dominic is is out for a shorter time because he's watching after him. But you know, Dominic comes back, and maybe Dominic tries to go after uh, Roman, and one of these filler pay per views we can have like Roman versus Dominic, um. And Dominic somehow gets out of it without too much of a, you know, injury or whatever. Uh, and then uh, when Ray and Dominic come back, they do the whole tag team thing again, feud with the Usos again, get the titles, have a short run with it. And then maybe that's where you build up for maybe the WrestleMania that's out here in LA in two years. Cause that's close to San Diego. And that's maybe when you do Ray versus Dominic 
right. and Dominic can retire his dad. Right. What do right. you think of that? I, I think that doing that at WrestleMania would be great. I just think that moving forward with Rey Mysterio, he definitely needs to be used sparingly. Have maybe something where Dominic is out of control, he's cocky, he's this, and then Rey comes teach him a lesson. And I think that would be, yeah, I, I agree with that. But I think he has a couple of years left on his contract. Or what if what if they do another King of the Ring tournament and Dominic wins it? And, and Dominic does the cocky route uh, to the point where like Dominic starts calling himself the real Rey Mysterio because Rey Mysterio translates to King of Mystery. And if he was King of the Ring, then he has bragging rights to use the name Rey. It, they could do something like that. Yeah, because they were talking about um, Ray had mentioned was Dominic going to ever wear a mask, and he was like, "Well, he has to earn it," type thing. So yeah, I think that would be interesting. Yeah, that would. Yeah, and then maybe that's when they could, you know, uh, they could do a mask versus career or something. Right. Or if Dominic loses, then he loses the rights to wear the Mysterio mask. And if Ray loses, he has to, you know, his career's over. That would be a big story because they do a lot of that stuff down there in Lucha. Yes. I like that. I all right. Well, anyway, with the Usos and Ray Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio, who who do you who do you got to win this match? Oh, uh, Usos. Um I think that they it's too early. Um, for the Usos to lose the straps, I think they'll eventually lose it to um, hmm. I think they'll lose it to the Street Profits eventually. Really? I think they'll have a really good feud with them. I think they had a couple of matches with them. They were really great. But I think they'll lose it to the Street Profits. I think that makes more sense. But I don't think they're going to lose it to Ray and um, Dominic. And you know what, if this, if that's how that goes and the street profits get the straps back, then maybe uh street profits can start feuding with the, uh, the alpha Academy. Cause they, they've got some good matches too. Right. Yeah. Right. I, I think the alpha, but the only thing with the alpha Academy, there are heels right now. Yeah. So I would love to see um, Chad Gable kind of take the role of being more of like a, MVP for now for Otis to try to get Otis over. Mm -hmm. I would love to see um, Otis in a singles program with uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. I think that would be very interesting their styles. Uh, wow. For, for the Intercontinental Championship. I think that would be really, really good. Talk about stuff that I didn't know that I needed in my life. Right, because just their, <laughs> sty their, their styles and then you have um, what's the guy that plays the guitar? I forgot his name. Rick Boogs. Rick, Rick Boogs. Which I thought they were going to do Elias and Rick Boogs as a tag team because that makes sense. They both play the guitar. They both can do. They both could do like you know what I mean. Like I, it just makes sense. But yeah. Elias is dead apparently. So they, they they both come out like rhythm and blues. <laughs> right. Pink Cadillac driven by DDP. <laughs> oh right. man. <laughs> yeah, the Elias stuff that stuff's kind of interesting I'm, I'm interested to see where that's going to go over on Raw um, 
our next match that we've got up, uh, and we're here at the halfway point of the, of the show, we got a triple threat match for the Raw Women's Championship. Nikki A.S.H. defending her title against Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley. And this is an interesting matchup and an interesting program to me, but I'll let you start off, man. What are your thoughts on this? Um, I feel like Nikki is kind of, you know, Charlotte had such a personal view with Rhea Ripley that I feel like Nikki is kind of like the comic relief in this. I feel like I, the best way I can put it is like if you had Charlotte against Sasha Banks and then you had Bailey in her old school gimmick <laughs> in the match, you're not going to really take Bailey's old school gimmick serious. And that's kind of how I feel with Nikki. Um, yeah. I wish that it would have been somebody else. Um, I think the, it was way too early to put the strap on Nikki. We just literally introduced this character like a couple of weeks back before she won the money in the bank. So um, I, I would assume that they're going to put the strap back on uh, Charlotte. It always makes, again, it's always money when the heel has the title. So I think Charlotte will go for it. But I just, I think it will be a good match. I just think that Nikki needs a different storyline. If she was in that storyline with uh, Dewdrop and Eva Marie, then I think that makes a little bit more sense. Where she's trying to talk sense into Dewdrop to become her own woman. Yeah. Rather than than this. I could I could see that. That would make sense from a character standpoint for sure. Um mm -hmm. I I think I this uh, Charlotte and Rhea Ripley, like you were saying, this was like a very personal feud that they were in. Like this was more personal than just like, oh hey, you're the champ. I'm the next champ or the next uh, challenger book to go up against you. And I guess we're feuding, which is like very cookie cutter, lazy booking kind of stuff. But that's, you know, that's what they do. This felt a little bit more than that. They were actually, this wasn't just a, a program. This was a feud between these two. I like to see that continue on. And one way to really get it out of being a program and into an actual feud would be for them to still fight without a championship being involved. So I would like to see Nikki win the match and Charlotte and Rhea continue on with their hatred for each other. Uh, and they can work their way up to maybe, you know, a, a cage match or submission match or, or whatever, have it at the next pay-per-view or the pay-per-view after that or whatever. Uh, and then with Nikki, I think a, a great, challenger for her from a character standpoint and I would definitely from an in-ring standpoint I would throw Shayna Baszler into the mix and not have Shayna Baszler and, and Nikki uh, married to each other in the ring for like the next three months or so or maybe even all the way up to TLC in December and maybe Shayna can you know pick up the win and get the belt and have Shayna go into Wrestlemania as the champion but I, I think Nikki and Shayna would be, be, be big money if they ever put those two in the ring with each other. Yes. Who do you think is going to win? Out of the triple threat? Mm-hmm. Nikki. Why do you think Nikki should win? Um, 
because this character that she has now is very marketable. It is extremely over, especially with the younger audience, which Vince loves when that happens. Um, so many different things you can do from a merchandising standpoint with this character. Uh, she's on a, on a big uptick. Uh, they were confident in her to give her money in the bank as soon as they did. I don't agree with the timing of when she cashed in. I think they should have waited on that, but you know, it's done. What can we do? We don't have a DeLorean to go back in time to change it. Um, So going forward, you know, I think she needs the title more than Charlotte and Rhea Ripley. Charlotte, her career speaks for itself. She is definitely in the category now where she could take a loss and still be over. Rhea Ripley, um, I think her fans are so hardcore behind her that she can take a, a, a certain limited amount of losses and still be over. Where Nikki is at the point now with the way they booked her where she's the underdog where people expect her to lose. So when she wins, it gets her over even more. And yeah. she needs a title a little bit more. And you know more than just being popped into this thing and then being a circumstance of you know she got ganged up on by Rhea and Charlotte and in the first match that the three of them have have and then she's out of the mix I I I don't like that I think she should just continue on because she needs it more yeah I just don't know and then maybe too I think when when is the roster split or the draft coming up I think they pushed it to October or something um, well, typically it's been in October, but I think rumblings were that they were going to have it not long after SummerSlam. Yeah, probably in September, which makes sense for the because they have their quote unquote season premieres. So um, I think that if we're going to have the draft uh, coming up soon, I really think that having Nikki hold on the belt make, makes sense because if you put her in a feud with Zelina Vega, and Zelina Vega, um, you know, says, you know, this, this is, this is real life. There's no such thing as a superhero, especially a superhero in training. I'm here to embarrass you. I'm here to beat you, and I'm here to become champion. Mm. And they can have some really good matches. It would just be a very simple because no one's really questioned her superhero them. No one's done that yet. They just said, I'm better than you. Do you know who I am? No, we need to question. Why are you dressed up like a goofy chick? Yeah. What is this crap? What what happened to the Nikki that would that would come and, and, and beat people up at a drop of a dime? What happened to all these situations? Like that's really what needed to happen and it didn't happen. So Yeah, I'm reading here uh, originally the draft was supposed to take place on August 30th and uh on Raw and September third on smackdown and now the new rumors is um friday october 1st october 1st for smackdown and then monday october 4th um or it might even be october 4th and then friday october 8th so we're we're, we're looking at the beginning of october i think that all what's going on with the buzz that AEW has right now and i just want to speak on that real quick if i could um the cm punk thing um, I thought about it and like AEW really shot themselves in the foot because CM Punk is debuting on an hour long program that debuts literally at 10 o'clock at night on a Friday. Um, 
it's in Chicago. It's live. Those are two very big positives. But this is not their A show. This is just a show they just <laughs> they just introduced. Yeah. And it's just an hour. Um, so that's the one thing. And the second thing is that everyone will be talking about CM Punk for literally a few hours because SummerSlam is the next night. All of the headlines of the world will be talking about SummerSlam and John Cena and whatever the result of that match is. They're going to be talking about it. Yeah, it's uh, the timing is definitely um, something not a lot of people are considering. They're, they're just, they're marking out in the moment instead of thinking about we're going to be tired by the end of this entire weekend, because we'll, we're going to have the big buzz of Friday and not just, not just what's going to happen over AEW, but I mean, WWE might still have something up their sleeve Friday on SmackDown. We don't know. And then right. 24 hours after that, SummerSlam is going to be in Vegas. In Ve- a lot of things happen in Vegas. Right. Because I am shocked that there's no special specialty. And I, I think we'll get to, what I believe that match should have this specialty type of stipulation, but I'm just surprised there's no like street fight or no holds barred situation for yeah. SummerSlam. Um, but I think ultimately um, they have some surprises up there soon. Um, there was a report by Russell Votes, I think that's his name, mm. on Twitter, who always has inside information. And he said that there's no reactionary response to CM Punk. I think that's BS. I think that um, SummerSlam is their biggest event of the year, of the last really two years. Um, because, you know, the last WrestleMania they had uh, was half capacity, and the one before that had no fans. Yeah. So this is really the biggest event that they've had. So, I think there's going to be some surprises. I wouldn't be surprised if Bray Wyatt comes back. Wouldn't be surprised because I got the vibes with Elias that when he was in the forest, that he was walking maybe to Bray Wyatt's house. Oh wow! Because if you look at the the you know you look at where they were at, uh huh, and he was walking to you know to find guidance from. Bray Wyatt. What if they released Bray Wyatt so they could renegotiate a brand new contract and he's going to be getting paid more because he's worth more than what he was when he first signed? Well, I mean, people are always just throwing that out that immediately the guys are going to go to AEW. Yeah. I would always put my money on the ones that don't talk in terms of them coming back. Yeah. Um, Samoa Joe said, what an incredible ride. I think that was the only thing he said publicly. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing you know, he's back. Um, and then it was like immediately. Like uh, Samoa Joe said, like, you know, he, he talked to Hunter and, and Hunter said, if you allow me like a few days to put something together to present to you, um, I'd like to have you here. And Joe said, sure, no problem. And then like, it's almost like he didn't, He <laughs> it's almost like, he signed, he got his last check from the WWE and then a new contract along with the pink slip like the same day. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Braun Strowman comes back. I wouldn't be surprised if Bray Wyatt comes back. If you have Bray Wyatt 
come back just by himself. Like, let's not even talk about Braun. I think Braun should come back, but let's just say Bray Wyatt came back by himself. Um, that alone um, would set the internet ablaze. I think that would be bigger than Punk, in my opinion. Wow. Not disagreeing with you, but that's a that's a big statement right there. That is a big, big statement. Um, before we head into uh, the pre-recorded clips here, um, who who is your prediction to win this triple threat women's title match? I think I said Charlotte. Okay, Charlotte. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm plugging in to the uh, spreadsheet as we're doing these predictions. Okay. All right, so we, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are here at the halfway point. What we're going to do right now is we got some pre-recorded comment. I, I feel like Sean Mooney over here. We got some pre-recorded comments from Kat, Jeff, and Theo with their predictions for SummerSlam this coming Saturday. We'll take it away right now. SummerSlam predictions. We got Nikki Ash versus Charlotte versus Rhea. I'm going to go with Rhea. Roman Reigns versus John Cena. Sorry, Roman. You may be the head of the table, but I think it's time someone else reigns. So I'm going to give Cena that 17th title reign. Lashley versus Goldberg. I don't even care about this match, so you know what? I'm going to say Lashley with Big E cashing in. Usos versus the Mysterios. I'm going to go with the Mysterios. Bianca versus Sasha. For the women's t- SmackDown Women's title, I'm going to say Sasha. Edge versus Seth. I think this one's going to continue. Seth might win. And I think, in all honesty, everybody keeps telling me I'm crazy, but I think Beth Phoenix and Becky Lynch are going to get involved. Sheamus versus Damian Priest. I'm going to say Damian Priest. Drew versus Jinder. Uh, I guess Drew. A match I definitely don't care about. Eva Marie, who's an idiot. Versus Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss. And AJ and Almost versus RK Bro. Sorry, Randy. You're the idiot for going with that dumbass of Riddle. So I'm going to go AJ and Almost. First of all, Eva Marie versus Alexa Bliss. Uh, I kind of got Alexa in this one. The only time I could basically see Emory winning is is Dewdrop interfering, but uh, I guess I guess they could basically have Alexa win this one. Crowd reaction is going to be pretty interesting in Las Vegas in that contest. RK Bro versus AJ Styles and almost I gotta say RK Bro and. They're, they're going to do the pose at the end, and the crowd's going to pop big, so there's that. Um, Drew McIntyre versus Jinder Mahal. Drew's been dominating the entire feud. So, I'm going to go with the upset special. I'm going to go with Jinder Mahal in this one. Mysterios versus the Usos. I got the Usos. Seth Rollins versus Edge. Edge seems to be the heavy favorite, but I gotta go with another upset special here. I'm gonna say 
Seth Rollins is going to defeat Edge. Sheamus versus Damian Priest. I'm going to say Damian Priest, but it's going to be via disqualification. I could see this feud between Damian Priest and Sheamus continuing on. Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair. I gotta say, I got Bianca retaining on this one. Nikki Ash, Charlotte Flair, and Rhea Ripley. There's one thing I could definitely say when it comes to Charlotte Flair, when it comes to the Women's Championship, no matter what, no matter what on Raw or on SmackDown, you never bet against Charlotte Flair, and this is no different. I got Charlotte Flair. Roman Reigns versus John Cena. I got Roman Reigns and Bobby Lashley and Goldberg. Everything's telling me Bobby Lashley. But knowing WWE, knowing their reliance on their part-timers, I'll be a fool to not pick Goldberg. So I'm going to pick Goldberg on that one. So those are my SummerSlam predictions. SummerSlam 2021 predictions. Roman Reigns will defeat John Cena. Bobby Lashley will defeat Goldberg. In the triple threat match, Rhea Ripley will win. Bianca Belair will defeat Sasha Banks. <clears throat> Damian Priest will defeat Sheamus and be the new U.S. champion. AJ Styles and Omos versus RK-Bro. RK-Bro will win. Usos versus the Mysterios. The Mysterios will win. Edge versus Seth Rollins. Seems to me that Seth Rollins will win. Drew McIntyre versus Jinder Mahal. Drew McIntyre will win that. And Ava Marie versus Alexa Bliss. Hmm. I really do not care, but okay. Alexa Bliss. And there's my predictions. Hey everyone, this is the DA, and here are my predictions for WWE SummerSlam. Uh, let's see what we got here. Nikki A.S.H. versus Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley for the Raw Women's Championship. Gonna go with Nikki A.S.H. Uh, the Usos versus Rey Mysterio and Dominic. For the tag team, SmackDown tag team titles, I'm going to go with uh, the Usos. Edge versus Rollins, going to go with Rollins on that one. Sheamus versus Damian Priest for the United States Championship, going to go with uh, Damian Priest. McIntyre versus Mahal, going with uh, McIntyre. Alexa Bliss versus Eva Marie, going with Bliss. AJ Styles and Omos versus RK Bro for the Raw Tag Team Titles going with AJ and Omos. Uh, Belair versus Banks for the SmackDown Women's Championship gonna go with Belair. Bobby Lashley versus Goldberg going with Lashley for the WWE Championship. And finally, head of the table, Roman Reigns versus John Cena for the Universal Championship going with Roman Reigns. Well, those are my predictions for WWE SummerSlam. Slam it! Oh, yeah! All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back here on the Ring Soups Podcast. The webmaster, Wade Needham, here with McAvall, the most controversial man of the internet wrestling community and the host of The Sean Show. 
which you guys can check out by going to ringscoops.com and clicking the Sean show right there on the top of the menu. And you can also go to the search bar there on YouTube as well and type in the Sean show and get fantastic content from Mac of all. Ain't that right, Mac? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I I heard through the grapevine Mm -hmm. that you got some big stuff coming up on the horizon. Yeah, we're we're revamping everything on the Sean show. Um and maybe some familiar faces there as well too. Ooh. And um that's all I wanna say, but uh, we're gonna take it to the next level. And I'm, I'm very excited for the future and um I'm looking to roll those things out in September. Big things popping, little things stopping, ladies and gentlemen. Little things stopping. Yeah. <laughs> the Sean show. Check it out. All right. SummerSlam, Saturday. One time for your mind. (laughs) (laughs) We've got uh, the Raw Tag Team Championship match. We got AJ Styles and Omos defending against RK Bro. Which I did the the RVD thing when I said that, by the way. (laughs) Dude, this Randy Orton and and Riddle thing, like, it's... I, I... I'm on the fence on it, but I'm leaning a little, a little bit on the side of kind of finding some enjoyment with it. I think it's uh, it's it, to me, it's always been funny when they put these two characters together where one is extremely goofy and one is, is a legitimate, like serious badass. Like, like when they put gold dust with Booker T, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that was just some funny stuff because it brought Booker T to a whole new element that we never saw before from him. And like, we're seeing the same thing with Randy Orton because Randy Orton for 20 years has been like this serious third generation superstar. That is like, he's got wrestling in his blood. He takes the industry very serious. He's, he's cutthroat. And now we're kind of seeing a little bit of relaxation with, with Randy Orton. I, I think these two guys, they have their moments. There's some parts where I'm like, ah, this is crap. But they're, right. you know, they got their moments where I'm like, all right, that was that was that was pretty good. Well, I mean, what are your thoughts on on these guys? I like RK Bro. I like RK Bro. I like their. Um, I just wish that we weren't teasing that they were breaking up, but while Orton was wearing their merchandise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for like, sure. That was kind of like, oh, okay, well, wait a minute, you're wearing a, a RK Bro jacket. Um. Yeah, I mean, it, I think it'll be interesting to see how they develop this thing moving forward. I think the tag titles are needed. Um, I really like how they built this. I really like how they're building Omas. Yeah. I really like how they're building him. Um, we need to figure out about his ring gear because it's summer and he has on like a, a trench coat. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, I really like how they're doing that. I think it'll be a very good tag match. That's one of the tag matches that I'm actually the, the last tag match I've looked forward to like this was Survivor Series. And that was when you had the New Day against the Street Profits. Oh, that wow. was the last tag match that I was really, really looking forward to. So I'm looking forward to it in the same way. But I like RK Bro. Uh, if we can somehow push this to, to WrestleMania where they have a one on one match, they're going to they're going to kill it. They're going to rip the, 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 the show in half, man. Yeah, for sure. Um, remember, I think it was uh, last month when you and I were talking about 
uh, AJ Styles and Omos. And I remember you had you had uh, expressed some like a disinterest, I guess, in the in in them running with the tag titles, or it was something like that. They they hadn't done much since WrestleMania. Right. And um, I had mentioned that this was like a vehicle to kind of give AJ both a break, but at the same time, not losing his role on TV as much. And eventually when they lose the titles, they, you know, they're still going to be paired together, but I don't think they're going to be doing a whole lot of tag team stuff together. I think this match is the perfect opportunity to kind of get the belts off of them in a, in a credible way without making it obvious of what they were doing with AJ since WrestleMania. Right. Um, RK bro, definitely like they've got so much momentum behind them. They got a lot of um, fan support as well. Uh, This is the perfect opportunity. SummerSlam, Las Vegas, big crowd. Get the belts on RK bro. Capitalize on this while it's still red hot. And I mean, it's nothing more I could say about that. This is going to be a good match. I'm with you on that. This is one of the rare times I'm looking forward to a, a tag title match more than a lot of the uh, singles matches or gimmick matches that are on the card. I think this is definitely up there in the, in the upper echelon of matches I'm looking forward to for SummerSlam on Saturday. Yeah, they did a good job building it. It was almost the focus of Raw. Actually, yeah. it was the focus of Raw, the go-home episode. So, very interesting. But So, you got um, RK-Bro? I think RK-Bro needs to win it. Um, I think Omos uh, should be getting prepared to be broken away from AJ. I think they're more valuable separate than together. Yeah. Um, you put Omos in a, in a, in a good program with someone um, that can work and you AJ Styles, AJ Styles, he should be in the main event picture. So um, if you put AJ Styles, maybe is maybe turn him face or something and face uh, against Bobby Lashley. That's going to be money. Yeah. That's, that's what I was thinking. Or if, if Goldberg somehow picks up the win, it'd be interesting to see AJ styles versus Goldberg. Yeah, that was, I don't, well, we'll get to that, but yeah, I, I would <laughs> like, to, <laughs> I would like to see Goldberg in a match with someone that is not built like him. Yeah, like the stuff he did with Dolph Ziggler was good, but it wasn't really a match. It wasn't really a match. But yeah. if you gave it some time, and we have somebody that can bump off of a guy like Goldberg, that would be great. But um, Seth Rollins, yeah, Seth Rollins. Like if you had, because um, I'm thinking on SmackDown, like even you can even have, uh, oh, dude, we're forgetting AJ Styles against Edge. Oh uh, yeah, they have to do that. Right, so um, that that's 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 pretty much how I think it should go. I think AJ Omos, Omos, especially Omos has his own music and stuff now. I think yeah. it's time to break him away. Did they ever do Roman and AJ? Uh, I believe they did. Okay, I believe they did. I think the storyline was basically like AJ saying that he could wrestle rings around him or something. Ah, all right. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, with what Roman's doing right now, I mean, they, they could revisit that and it'll probably still feel kind of fresh. Um, our next matchup, and speaking of Edge and Seth Rollins, Edge versus Seth Rollins this Saturday, and this match has got a lot of heat. 
behind it. And I'm really liking the fact that, that they keep bringing up 2014 because it just adds more to this hatred that Seth Rollins has for edge and how much edge is wanting to seek revenge. It's almost like edge kind of like put it, you know, bygones be bygones is swept under the rug. And then like Seth Rollins did a B and E on edge's house and tore that rug out and just threw it out the window and said, look, I'm right here. And so is all of our dirt in the past. And edge has to deal with it. Um, yeah. I think that would be great. <laughs> It'll be great. I think it's gonna be a really good match. I think it's gonna be a great match. Yeah. Who, who, who wins? I give it to Edge. I mean, Seth could still be over with a loss, and Edge. I mean, since he came, I, he, what he won the Rumble, didn't get his one-on-one match at WrestleMania, lost that match. Then he gets his one-on-one match, loses that match. This is SummerSlam, full attendance, Las Vegas. In a stadium, Edge, <laughs> since his return in 2020, has not been given, especially in front of fans, the win he needs. And I think this is it. Edge has not had a victory that's meaningful. I agree with that. Um, since he's gotten back, my, I mean, in front of fans. Um, but Seth Rollins really hasn't either. And what I was saying earlier in the show, that there was a there was a match that I felt like that needed to have a street fight element. Yeah. And I think that street fight element um, is one hundred percent this match. One hundred percent. Um, I think that Seth needs to win. I think Seth needs to win. I think that I want to see these guys again. I think that this is a they're not going to have their best work with each other on their first match. Um, so I definitely want to see them again. But I think Seth, Seth should win because I think everyone's expecting Edge to win. And like I said, this is the pay-per-view where it's kind of starting storyline and then ending them. So. Yeah. Okay. All righty. Seth Rollins for Mac. Mac for Seth Rollins. Uh, up next... We have got the SmackDown Women's Championship, Sasha Banks, who made her return recently, going up against Miss Rolling Loud, Bianca Belair herself. <laughs> or as, as you said in the past, Bianca Belair, what WWE always wanted Sasha Banks to be. Absolutely. I still, <laughs> I still stand behind them. I still stand behind them. They had a hell of a match at WrestleMania. I think they're going to have a, a good match at SummerSlam. I think they are, too. I think it's going to be a very good match. Who do you, who goes over? Um, Bianca. Really? Still need to have yeah. We still need to have Bianca, um, in a position of power. Wow. Still need to have her in a position of power. Is it clean or is there like a dusty finish? How do you go about this one? Um, we need it to be clean. I think that um. I I would do a clean just based off of the fact that um Bianca who I mean what is what has been the meaningful match that I guess we were having that thing with Bailey until Bailey got hurt. Yeah. 
So maybe that was the meaningful thing, the meaningful match. I don't know. But I don't know. I, I just I just think that that would be um, the best, in my opinion, the best way to book this thing. You have to 100% have Bianca Belair, especially you having her take pictures with um, Meg the Stallion, really big hip-hop, uh, hip-hop royalty right now. Yeah. So I really think that uh, you should do that. You should really, like, I really, I really think that you have to have her go over. Is this a, a one and done, or do you continue this between Bianca and Sasha? Um, I think that Sasha is going to be traded to uh, Raw, so I think this should be a one and done. Hey, you know what? If that happens, maybe Sasha and uh, Nikki Ash could uh, lock up. Right. I, you need somebody that's going to, for Nikki to get over, you need somebody that's going to like criticize her um, whole superhero gimmick. That's yeah. the only way it's going to work, in my opinion. You have to criticize her. We have to, we have to test it because some people don't like it. It's very, uh, at one of the house shows that they had uh, when they, you know, started doing shows again, um, they openly booed her. Really? Yeah. Wow. But um, who do you think should win that match? Um, I, I was I was thinking Sasha. I would like to see her get a win back, and then uh, you know they can have a a big rubber match down the road. You know, does she, um, win, does she win clean uh, outside interference? No, no. With this match, I think uh, not outside interference, but maybe like some kind of foreign object or something behind the ref's back. Because remember, Sasha, uh, she's always said how much she looked up to Eddie Guerrero so she could do like the whole, you know, cheat, lie, steal thing, uh, get the title back, um, and maybe do something where, where Bianca's out of action for like three or four weeks. And then she makes a big comeback, um, and uh, you know they could uh, they could throw down at Survivor Series like in a big gimmick match, or or maybe at Survivor Series you have a traditional match where it's Team Sasha versus Team Bianca, and then you lead up to TLC where they have a, a match and Bianca gets the strap back, and then she's got momentum to go into the Rumble and slingshot into WrestleMania as the champion. So, so you think, so you see, so you have the rubber match and then you just have Sasha just basically stay on SmackDown and just rock out as the champion there. And you have her feud against who, because who's the top face outside of Bianca Belair? Well, no, no, no. Um, Bianca will get the belt back by the end of the rubber match. So, okay. So you, so, all right, because I, I misheard you. So. She gets the belt back by the end of the rubber match, right? Yeah, which would be and like a TLC. Would be a TLC, and TLCs win. December. September? December. So yeah. both of them, you're expecting both of them to, to stay put on the brand. Yeah. Okay. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, because uh, I, you know, there's more eyeballs on SmackDown, and uh, Sasha Banks is definitely she's a SmackDown talent to me, and, and so is Bianca. So maybe maybe um, maybe she wins basically because remember when they were um, doing the um, um, 
contract signing, and then Carmella came out, and uh, who else came out? Well, there was well, that Zelina was who, who yeah, else that was Zelina. Out? Yeah, maybe they have like a little makeshift um, stable. And that I mean, and that would work out if they did Team Sasha versus Team Bianca Survivor Series. Mm -hmm. You just throw somebody else in the mix on uh, Sasha's team, right? Yeah, I think that would. um, I think that would do it. I think long term booking, long term booking, and I think that that would make me feel comfortable with Bianca Belair dropping the strap because, like I said, it's always money when you chase the heel. Yeah. Yeah, so she'll win it by the end of the year, win it back. And then right. she's got momentum to slingshot into a big match at Royal Rumble, which I Royal Rumble is always one of those kind of events where they like to bring a legend back for a one-off kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And maybe they could do something with like, you know, a big return. They could do like Bianca versus Trish Stratus or something. And Bianca goes over on Trish. Trish does the honors. And she's got the biggest momentum in the world after that match. And she goes into WrestleMania as the champion, and Bianca might even be able to like main event night one again. Yes. Problem is, who do you put up against her at that point? But that's the thing. That's that's I guess that's where you need the the roster split to come in at that point. The yeah. draft, I always call it a split. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Maybe maybe Charlotte would go over to SmackDown and you have uh, Bianca and Charlotte main event night one of WrestleMania next year and Bianca goes over. Yeah, I think Bianca. Um, I just see the thing is, is she's never faced any adversity outside of Bailey. And it just didn't make sense that their first match with each other was what the, was that their first match? The hell so? is that their second match? That was her second match, right? Yeah, I think it was the second one, yeah. Right. That really should have been a rubber match, but Bailey got hurt. Yeah. So um, we never really put Bianca in a place where it feels like that she um, is going to lose. Yeah. So I think we start doing that now. Uh-huh. So, I, I'm with you on that. I, 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 yeah, this, yeah, I, I, I think you and I are, I think we're on very, very similar, if not the same page with, with what to do with Bianca going into the end of the year and heading into WrestleMania by the next year too. Right. Um, our next match here, uh, we got two more matches. They are going to be like, it's like a double main event really in my book. Uh, this first one for the WWE championship, Bobby Lashley defends against Goldberg. Not a lot of people want to see Goldberg, but you know what? That's fine with me. Uh, you know, I like Goldberg. Uh, I like him in the small doses like this. If he was there every week, Goldberg wouldn't be as big of a distraction as he is right now. People don't understand yes. that. Yes. Yes. He, he, um, I think that Goldberg I don't know. I don't really like how they built this. There's a lot of involvement with his son. I don't know if that's about him. That's a precursor that, you know, the son's going to get involved. The son's 15 years old. Yeah. So you can't really bump him. Um, so. And you can't know. have him bump Lashley. <laughs> right. Right. So I don't, I don't really know what all that was about. The only thing I can think of is like MVP grabs his son or something, distracts Goldberg and then Lashley wins. Goldberg has two matches left on his contract. So 
And last does this match count as one of the two, or does he have two more after this? I don't know. That's a good question, but we'll we'll see. But I really want Lashley to win this. Um, I think they should have another match because there's nothing for Lashley to do to kind of build some, you know, intrigue around maybe a next challenger. So I think maybe the kid has been, you know, constantly brought up because he's going to be involved. So I think Lashley would win that. I'm with you on that. I think Lashley is going to win. Uh, he, I, he needs a win over a guy like Goldberg, kind of like how Roman needed that win over Goldberg at the Rumble. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Lashley's around that same point right now. But that and, match wasn't really because if you look at it, Goldberg wasn't um, in great shape. Yeah. Uh, you know, he came, he looked very smaller. He came out in like bicycle shorts because <laughs> his legs were very skinny. And again, I'm not dissing the dude because, I mean, he's in better shape than, than half the world. Yeah. But, but um, he just wasn't Goldberg. He was more in shape, more toned, more bigger, more ready now. Um, he said in the interview um, that um, they gave him, you know, the correct amount of time. Like, I think they said they gave him six to eight weeks compared to, like, the normal two to three weeks notice. So yeah. he's in really great shape. So it should be interesting. Um, I, 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 I like it, but like I said, Lashley needs – if you're going to do what I think you are, which is Lashley Lesnar, WrestleMania, Lashley can't lose. Just can't. No, I, I'm with you on that. But here's the thing. If, if Goldberg's only got two matches left, and let's say this coming match on, on Saturday is one of the two, and he only had one after that, mm-hmm. you have to have that last match be meaningful. Will it right. have the same effect of being meaningful if before that match Goldberg takes a loss? Or does well, he have to win and then go out on his back on his last match? Well, I would think – see, the good thing and – it, and it's funny because if you think about the past, right, when Goldberg beat Lesnar for the first time for the title, that was just unbelievable. It was one yeah. of the greatest moments in wrestling. Yeah. Then, you, then you flip it and then you have um, – Goldberg, who faced um, uh, I'm forgetting his name. Oh my god, Kevin Owens. No, no, because that I don't really like how that was booked. Um, because they had Owens kind of like running away from him, and then Goldberg finally caught him, and that was it. <laughs> um, crap, I forgot who it was that he faced that I liked. Was it Braun? No. I know it wasn't Undertaker. <laughs> no, it wasn't Taker. Yeah, and I, I know I, I can't think of any other matches that Goldberg has had since coming back other than Undertaker, Lesnar, and Roman and Braun. You know what? I, I think. You know what? This is this is what I was going to originally say, and then I got sidetracked. So I'll go back to what I was originally going to say. What I was going to originally say is they've had Goldberg in matches where he's won the title, and no one expected it. No one expected him to win the title from The Fiend. No one expected him to win the title from Lesnar. And you have that 
intrigue now where it's like you know that they have no problem giving this man the title. Yeah. So that's very intriguing. But we need to put Le- uh, not Lesnar Goldberg in a position where he has an intriguing physical match that's longer than five minutes. Yeah. And that's maybe what the his last match would be. Maybe you put Lesnar. Oh, I keep saying Lesnar. Goldberg. <laughs> this is one Lesnar, right? Yeah. You put Goldberg and Lashley in a steel cage. Or their last match is Goldberg, Lashley, Hell in a Cell. Yeah, but we just had Hell in a Cell. Well, you know what? That is right. Damn. Yeah, it's not in October anymore. Crap. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. See? And and Ah, and 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 one thing too, they did Goldberg and Roman a title match at at Rumble and he didn't win. So wouldn't that be the same situation that you're saying here with uh, Goldberg going in against Lashley? Like we expect him to win now. Well you mean go well you mean Goldberg, not 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 Roman, but Goldberg McIntyre. Yeah, McIntyre. I don't know why I kept thinking Roman. I keep saying I keep saying uh Lesnar, so um, but yeah, he just—I I don't think anybody expected him to win at that point. It was just all stupid. That was really a a poorly built storyline. Oh, it was, some, yeah. This one's better, but I just—I you know—I don't—I don't know. I don't know all right, I got do. it. Here's what here's what we do, man. We have Goldberg versus Alexa Bliss. <laughs> <laughs> she wins by hypnotizing him. Makes sense. It, right, and then he spears the ring post, and she rolls him up. <laughs> right. <laughs> that would actually, I, you know, I would pop for that. To be honest, I would pop for that. She's well, well. We had we had her against a uh, uh, Randy Orton, right? She was Randy Orton for quite a long time. And what a pin that was. Yeah. Yeah. I still love that pin. <laughs> <laughs> His wife didn't. No, I know, right. <laughs> All right, so I, we both got Lashley going then to this match as the winner, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. All right, now the big match. It's not to say that these other nine matches aren't big matches, but, I mean, this is this is it right here, man. Main right. event. There's no doubt about it. This is the main event. This is going right. to close out the show. We've got Roman Reigns defending the Universal Championship against Finn ba- I mean, uh, John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> Which I was expecting because, Finn Balor and uh, Baron to have a match at SummerSlam, but hey, yeah, maybe he, that might be a pre-show match. He's not even on the card after all of that, so that's just that's crazy. Yeah. Um, that promo, like there was someone online, and you forwarded me their their Twitter handle, right? Yeah, my buddy James, and he was saying that he didn't like the promo at all to the point that he turned off the show yeah. because he felt that Cena was burying um, Roman and wasn't allowing Roman to say anything back. Yeah. So I responded to him and I said, listen, um, that whole thing was designed to create doubt. Everybody in their mama knows that John Cena has a lot of Hollywood engagements that he has to do. Um, he did the Suicide Squad, which is a very good movie if you haven't seen it. Um, I, I, you know, I suggest people see it. He played a very good role in that movie, and there's going to be a spinoff of his character 
um, that they're making a series off of, which they're going to be starting filming for that. Filming is supposed to start, I think, at the end of this month. Oh, that. wow. Yeah, the, the Peacemaker. Um, really, really good. <laughs> the, like, his character in the movie is like someone that is so for liberty that he'll be willing to do anything to get it. Huh. So if he says, I have to kill a thousand people to get peace and liberty, I'll do it. So you're seeing him as like this psychotic asshole. Excuse my French. <laughs> yeah. But he like is he's trying to be the American way type guy. It's really good. It's really good. So everybody in their mama knows that. But the whole thing that was pushed is for Cena to create a, some sort of doubt. Because by creating doubt, right, then now you at home are thinking all he has to do is one, two, three. That's all he has to do. So this wasn't designed for Roman to, to, to get more pop shots in. This was designed for Roman to stand there, give a hot one-liner, and for Cena to sell himself. And boy, did he ever. Yeah. This, this is the thing that's crazy. This guy hasn't been in the ring, comes back and cuts arguably the greatest promo of 2021. Hands down. The CM Punk reference, the Dean Ambrose reference, the, you know, they got you protected reference. You know, you're going to beat the crap out of me. Like they've done all, dude. Perfect. That's how you sell a pay-per-view. But with all that being said, the head of the table is going to remain at the head of the table. I agree 100% with you on everything you just said. He couldn't have said it any better. I I loved that promo on SmackDown. Um, and I can't wait to see what they're going to do. They go home this coming Friday. Absolutely. We're doing our prediction show fucking two days before the go home. Absolutely. Like the, the real good true go home. Raw was the raw go home. Friday's night. SmackDown is the go home. Right. And unlike previous events, previous pay-per-views, we're not going to have the 48 hour buffer from the go home to the pay-per-view. Mm -hmm. People are still going to be hyped less than 24 hours after the go home, they get to see the event. And this might be something that WWE might explore down the road. If, if there's enough um, data gathered from, uh, you know, engagement with social media between Friday to Saturday, mm -hmm. if there's more of a buzz between the, the the 24 hours and there is a 48 hours, they might explore doing, you know, pay-per-views or big events like that on Saturdays instead of Sundays. That would change the game. It There's a lot change. of metrics to look into it. Yeah, it, it definitely uh, would change the game. And not only would it um, change the game, The whole imagery of the WWE at this point is they're trying to be accepted in mainstream culture like they were back in the day. Yeah. 
in the late 90s, Vince McMahon was doing everything in his power to literally have wrestling in culture, period. Having wrestlers debut on all of these television shows, having them appear on Saturday Night Live, movies, all of that. It was a real heavy push in the late 90s to do that. So since there's a heavy push in the late 90s to do that, that all stopped. And you really don't see these wrestlers or talent in the WWE, you know, crossing over because there was a time period where Vince was like, I'll make my own movies. Yeah. And we'll have our own scripts and we'll have our own thing and we'll have the talent come to us and we'll do our own stuff. That was really his mentality then. So now you have a new president slash CEO that basically is saying that we need to reintroduce ourselves to the world again. And I think having Saturday shows and having shows that are attached to festivals or maybe even throwing your own music festival, I think that that's going to really attract the outside audience again. And promoting music isn't anything new to Vince. He was a rock and roll promoter before he was a wrestling promoter. Right. So not a lot of people know that. Right. So I think that he, the WWE understands that, that we have to grow our fan base and they can't grow it. See, that's the problem with AEW. AEW is just holding on to these hardcore wrestling fans, but there's no such thing as hardcore wrestling fans in business. It's either it's a consumer or, or not. Are you a consumer of the product or are you not a consumer of the product? Do you like hamburgers or you don't like hamburgers? If you like hamburgers, we want everyone who wants a hamburger to come to our show yeah. and, and, and get a hamburger or come to our restaurant and get a hamburger. doesn't matter who you are. If you don't like hamburgers, that's fine. We get it. AEW's perspective is we have signature hamburgers. So, yeah, you like hamburgers, but you can't come to our restaurant unless you like signature hamburgers. So you're taking that audience and cutting it in half and then expecting to grow as a business model. And that just doesn't work. It's never worked. Look at the magazine industry. It started out that way. Mm-hmm. When magazines first started out, there was, you know, a, a small handful of magazines that had, you know, a variety of, of things. And then they started to become very niche uh, products. You right. had very, very targeted and very specific magazines that were popular for a very, very short time. But then people grew tired of it because they were spending so much money on getting this magazine, that magazine, this magazine. And then people started realizing, you know what, maybe if we take a little bit of that stuff and roll it all into one, people can get everything in one magazine. They save money. We'll make more money. And that's when you started getting a lot of these different variety mags. And of course, you know, obviously the magazine industry from a a physical standpoint is dying out because of digital media, but still the fact still remains. That's what happened with magazines. That's what happened with, um, with newspapers and with with radio back in the day too you listen to radio there's a lot more top 40 stations out there now than there are specific 
stations for say country or rock or R and B or any of that stuff. Right. Like and the because real, and, the and only because niche, of that, and because of that, I mean, cut you off. And because of that, showing and introducing people to different genres inside of music and people end up liking music or songs that they maybe necessarily wouldn't hear. Exactly. If it's just, if it's just on an individual thing. So AEW is doing that is they're cutting in half the audience that they're trying to attract. You're bringing all these guys from Japan. You're bringing all these guys from the Indies and wrestling is just not there anymore. That's the business model in like 2005. That's not the business model now where you're bringing all the indie guys in and we're supposed to know them. I don't know half of these guys. Or like um, the the woman that uh, returned to AEW on Rampage Mm -hmm. to assist um, Britt Baker. Right. I didn't know who she was. A lot and, of people you know, com- didn't know who she was. Right. Oh, yeah. Commentary is like, well, we haven't seen her in two years. And I looked it up. Like she had like one match two years ago. Who's going to remember that? Right. Why would you put her in such a predominant role ending the night? And you have plans for her to be a big thing, but we're supposed to automatically think that she's a big thing. You yeah. didn't have any promo videos building up to her or, or anything that makes this like, okay, when she debuts, I'm going to be, I'm going to pop for her. She just yeah. showed up. So we have to do better. They have to do better. And her Signing. physical appearance changed so much in the last two years. And she colored her hair red. Mm-hmm. They did that on purpose to make people immediately think Becky Lynch and it worked because there was a lot of people that thought Becky Lynch jumped ship. Well, the whole thing is that they're going to have all this talent that they sign and it's going to be great, but it's like, you can't sh- sign everybody. When Vince McMahon takes the open dig towards you and says, well, there's a lot of talent that, you know, they ask, well, how do you feel about the talent being signed? And he says, well, maybe we'll give them some more. He's not concerned about. Do you? (sighs) You know, what's even funnier about that line is like two weeks later, he gave them 12 more people. Right. (laughs) It's not, it, it isn't working. It isn't working. I said a long time ago about NXT, I said NXT needs to be brighter. It needs to be more vibrant. The show, the, 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 I did a Sean show on it. I said, like, we need to have storylines because back in, like, when NXT very first debuted on the USA Network, they weren't talking in the ring. There, was, there were whole shows where there were no promos yeah. in the ring at all. It was just wrestling, 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 wrestling. And it's like and, and that, that doesn't work in a two-hour format. That works better in a one-hour format, which is what they had. Right. So, you, you know, I understand what they're doing. I understand they're saying that we're getting younger guys. Like, all their top talent is in their 40s. Yeah. Some in their late 40s. So, you can't, okay, cool, we'll have Orton here for a few more years. Lashley's in his 40s. He'll be here for a few more years. Like at some point they're gonna say, you know what? I don't want to do this all the time, or I want to do this part time. That's what they would do, but they're not, for whatever reason, and I don't know what that reason would be, but for whatever reason they're not really taking what Vince McMahon is saying and what he's about to do serious. And they really should because he's about to create the next. He's going to show AEW how you 
make talent because they don't know how to do that. They certainly know how to sign them, but they don't know how to create talent. <laughs> yeah. It should be an interesting weekend. This, I think this coming weekend is going to be one of the most important weekends in this industry history. And I don't want to sound like Shivani there saying that, but uh, I think it really is. There's going to be a lot of pivotal things that happen this coming weekend. The next three weeks, mark, mark, mark it right now. What we're saying right here on this podcast, ladies and gentlemen, the next three weeks, 21 days are going to be just as important as that second weekend of November in 1997. It's going to be just as important these next 21 days. Mac, before we head out, uh, do you have any uh, final words of wisdom, any plugs, shout outs, anything like that for everybody? Uh, Chat of the Sean Show. Um, that's really it. <laughs> Just check out the Sean Show. <laughs> all righty. Um, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to check out Ring Scoops on social media. We are on uh, all the major ones Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, Snapchat, TikTok, all that stuff at Ring Scoops. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Ring Scoops. ProWrestlingTees.com slash Ring Scoops for all your merchandise. Uh, and uh, also go to RingScoops.com. Check out the Ring Scoops card game. Uh, it's still up. It's still there. It's still on fire. Still getting great yes, feedback from that. Fun game. And, uh, it's fucking great. Sorry my language there. Uh, it's a great tool. Uh, the, uh, we're going to be uh, giving out... Um, uh, a free copy too of the card game pretty soon so keep an eye out for that for your chance to win the ring scoops card game and uh we're also working with uh some local wrestling schools out here in southern california several of them uh to possibly partner up with them and have the ring scoops card game as part of the uh, curriculum at some of these wrestling schools where people can work on their promo skills before they make it uh, in front of a live crowd so that way they'll have mic skills and personality skills and whatnot and improv ready to go when they jump into the ring so keep an eye out for that ladies and gentlemen ring scoops the card game and a whole lot more ladies and gentlemen on behalf of mac i'm the webmaster wade needham saying thank you for tuning in enjoy SummerSlam this coming saturday night and until next time be cool